All right, Luke chapter number 2, and uh, verse number 7 says, And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I will bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. When they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen, or all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. All right, and let's have another word of prayer real quickly tonight. Lord, we're thankful for your love for us. Thank you for um, this passage of Scripture. And I pray, Lord, you'd use the next few moments to be an encouragement uh, to us as we uh, look at the very first visitors. And uh, I ask that uh, you would open our hearts and help us to be willing to apply these truths to our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So tonight we're going to be looking at the fact that God chose to announce his son's birth to a group of shepherds. These people were just like the common people today. They were ordinary men who worked to provide a living for their families, just like most of us do. Uh, they were most likely looked upon by the Jews as lower than common men because of their work in caring for the sheep. This was not something that uh, little boys grew up going, I one day I want to be a shepherd. Uh, like today, when, you know, no, no young man goes, I want to become, you know, they, they think I want to be a police officer or I want to be in the military or I want to be a fireman or a doctor. I want to I be someone who's doing something special with my life, not caring for a bunch of dirty, yucky, disobedient sheep. And yet, that's what these people were doing. The Jews even considered the shepherds as unclean because they could not keep the ceremonial laws of cleansing. In fact, the only members of Jewish society beneath the shepherds were, get this, the lepers. The ones who had leprosy, the ones who had to kind of cover their mouth and say, unclean, unclean, they were really the only ones underneath the shepherds in the societal hierarchy there in, um, in Israel. If you remember when uh, Samuel came to Jesse's house to anoint the next king of Israel, um, he looked at all the sons that Jesse had and said, well, 
Surely, uh, surely the Lord's before him. The Lord's anointed is before him when looking at Eliab, who is this big, strong, strapping guy, very good looking, very muscular, much like myself, just to give you an illustration of what I'm talking about. But it was like, you know, Samuel said, this has got to be the guy. And uh, the Lord said, no, not him. And the Bible says all the brothers passed before Samuel and, and there was no one that that Samuel looked at, and the God said, this is the one. And so he's like, is there anyone else in the home? And uh, they were kind of racking their brains. They're like, no, this is really every one of them. And they went, well, we're forgetting one. His name's David. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's the least in the family, and he's taking care of the sheep right now. He's doing what no one else wants to do. He was a little shepherd boy. And so they called David in, and of course, you know the story, how he was uh, the God, God's chosen uh, to be the, the next king of Israel. Well, the shepherds were indeed the outcast of Jewish society, but God still chose to reveal the birth of Christ to them first. And they had the amazing privilege of being the very first visitors to see the newborn king. It's pretty special. Um, I remember when uh, my wife and I were married and we went to Hawaii on our honeymoon and we came back and we were excited to kind of get back and 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 start our our lives together as a couple as a married couple and our first visitors were my in-laws <laughs> for like 3 or 4 days <laughs> it was a blessing no it was a blessing cuz they brought down all of our gifts <laughs> so and uh they uh they were a blessing in a lot of ways uh, but it was significant and special for these shepherds to be allowed by the Lord to be the very first visitors, the very first ones to see this newborn baby, of course, aside from Mary and Joseph. Um, and and there's, there's a lot of lessons we're going to look at tonight. And, and so I want to look at these shepherds and, and learn some important lessons from these very first visitors. And so let's go ahead and, and jump into it tonight. First of all, let's look at the setting of the shepherds, the setting of the shepherds. Verse number eight, the Bible says, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field. Um, so let's look first of all at the abiding of these shepherds, the abiding. They were in the same country, which means it was very close to Bethlehem, probably in the outskirts of Bethlehem. These uh, shepherds were watching their their flocks. Um, they were this kind of means that they were remaining outdoors. They were under the open sky with their flocks, and this was commonly done. Um, so what they did to keep their flocks from straying, these shepherds would spend the night with them, and they would usually kind of take turns, take shifts, and, uh, and share the responsibility of caring for this flock just to make sure that nothing bad happened to them, making sure that uh, they didn't go... Uh, out of the fold and uh, and get lost or, or or worse, and so anyway, these these men were were working. They weren't asleep, and so what we're about to read in in the following verses here was not like they had they had too much uh, pizza or something like that, and they went to sleep and had this crazy dream. No, no, no. This was they were actually working. They were awake when all of this happened, um, and. Uh, and notice here that it was to multiple shepherds. Um, it says here in verse 8, they were in the same country, shepherds, plural. So it wasn't just one. Uh, it was multiple, at least two. Uh, we don't know exactly how many. It could have been a lot. 
But anyway, these, uh, these shepherds were abiding there in the field, and uh, they were kind of just doing their everyday, ordinary job, mundane. It was another night. It was another opportunity to watch these sheep yawn, yawn, boring, boring. And all of a sudden, you know, their whole world was about to completely radically change. Um, so we see here the abiding, and notice here next the angel, the angel in verse number nine. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. I know the the angel of the Lord's name is not Lo, uh, but <laughs> uh, some people that they use that as a little bit of a Bible joke there. But no, the angel of the Lord is a special uh, angel. Now in in uh, my study for this, I was looking into the identity of the angel of the Lord. And, and some people believe that the angel of the Lord is a theophany, uh, uh, an angelic appearance of God. Um, and that could be the case here, because this was no ordinary announcement. This is no ordinary uh, errand for an ordinary angel. This was a special errand that this angel uh, was given here. And uh, I can't help but think maybe it was uh, an angelic appearance of God himself to announce his own coming. Uh, that certainly could be the case. Now, the, um, if you remember, it was Gabriel, the angel Gabriel, that appeared to Mary and announced that she was going to be with child. But then when, uh, when Joseph was being talked to by an angel, it was the angel of the Lord who appeared to him. And then now here, the shepherds have the angel of the Lord that appears to them uh, because of how important and special this particular uh, news is going to be. Um, I don't know exactly if this is indeed uh, a, an angelic appearance of God. Um, the Bible simply says the angel of the Lord, and uh, we'll kind of leave it there. If you want to do further study on your own, by all means, go for it. Um, but <clears throat> I think that's up to interpretation, and, um, and you can make, make a case for some things. But the angel of the Lord was significant in the Old Testament. Uh, the angel of the Lord appeared to Hagar in the wilderness in the book of Genesis, and then in Exodus, the angel of the Lord appeared to, to Moses at the burning bush. Um, so the angel of the Lord was in some significant stories throughout history, and, and certainly this was a pretty significant story here in Luke chapter 2, when uh, the announcement came for uh, the birth of our Savior. And so we see here the angel appears, and uh, it is interesting in verse 9. The angel of the Lord came upon them. The glory of the Lord shone round about them. And that, that's a, a case for the fact that this was an angelic appearance of God because the glory of the Lord uh, was there. And um, I think that that's, that's a definite possibility. And then, of course... Their response, they were sore afraid. Um, that, that sore afraid means exceedingly frightened. And uh, I would have been that too if I would have seen this while I was out doing my normal run-of-the-mill, ordinary night, uh, watching my sheep. And all of a sudden, this angel of the Lord appears unto me, and the glory of the Lord shines right about. You remember when Paul, well, I should say Saul of Tarsus, saw the glory of the Lord? He was blinded from it on the way on the road to Damascus, and so same same type of uh, sight that that uh, these shepherds got to see was what Paul saw or Saul saw on the uh, on the road to Damascus, and they were so afraid and rightfully so. Again, I would have been too. 
And uh, as I mentioned this morning, uh, there was a lot of fear in the Christmas story, but, but the Lord removes our fear in the Christmas story, doesn't he? Uh, because these angel, the angel said unto them in verse 10, Fear not, uh, because I'm bringing you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And that leads here to uh, the third thought here, the announcement. What was the announcement uh, made here? And of course, we all know uh, what it is, but these shepherds were very curious to why that particular night uh, the angel of the Lord appeared unto them and, and uh, the glory of the Lord was shining round about them and it was probably blinding them to some degree and, and they were very scared of what was happening. And so they were kind of all ears, uh, ready to hear this announcement. In verse number um, 10, it talks about how this is going to be a very wonderful announcement. This is going to be good tidings of great joy. And I like this, which shall be to all people. And then verse 11, it says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. He said, the one who we've all been waiting for, the prophecies that for hundreds of years we've been reading about is finally fulfilled. Jesus is here. The Messiah is here. A Savior is here. His name is Jesus Christ, the Lord. And then verse 12, they said, um, and here the angel of the Lord is saying unto these shepherds, this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. So they said, or he, the angel said to the, uh, these shepherds, you know, I want to give you um, some things to look for because it wasn't rare for a child to be born in Bethlehem. I mean, that happened many, many times before and since, but this one was special because this one was wrapped in swaddling clothes and, it was, and, and, and this baby was lying in a manger. And that's how they were going to find this particular uh, baby. Well, and then in verse number 13, as uh, this angel Lord is making this announcement, verse 13, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God. And so all of a sudden, uh, a huge multitude of other angelic beings show up and they begin this great um, explosion of praise and it says in verse number um, verse 13, uh, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, or gloria in excelsis Deo. That's what we just got done singing uh, at the beginning of the service. It means glory to God in the highest. So glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And that was the song that these angelic, this angelic choir began to sing, and, and uh, it wasn't quiet. Um, it was, it was, I'm sure, very loud, um, and uh, it definitely shook the, sh- the shepherds uh, quite a bit. And so that was the announcement, and what a wonderful announcement it was to them and to us that a Savior has come. Well, in verse number uh, 15, we see, 15 and 16, we see, uh, fourthly here, the acceleration, kind of going with the alliteration here. Uh, but uh, verse 15, it says, It came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, Let's get back to work. Let's keep watching our sheep. No, that's not what happened. They said, Forget the sheep. 
Let's go see this thing that we just heard and saw. Let's go figure this out. Let's go even to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. They knew that the Lord had uh, was really the one here who had indicated that this was from him. Well, in verse 16, the Bible says, And they came with haste. And so here we see the acceleration, that they uh, were not dilly-dallying. They didn't uh, crawl. They didn't walk. I'm sure they ran to figure this out, and they ran to that manger to find that babe. And in verse 16, And they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. So that's kind of the setting, and, and that's, stuff, that's all facts that we know. Well, let's get into a couple other things tonight. Number, number two, I want us to see here the significance of the shepherds. Why did God choose shepherds out of all the people to be the first ones to hear the announcement and then to be the first visitors there uh, to see this newborn king? Why would God choose shepherds? Uh, there's, uh, I'm not going to claim to know everything and all the reasons why God does something. Uh, but I, I, I can't help but think that these three here are at least part of the reason why God chose these shepherds. I think, first of all, it showed that Jesus came for all people. Verse number 10, The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And we mentioned that this morning. We focused a little bit on that this morning. It's interesting to note that God didn't announce it first to the religious leaders. He didn't announce it first to the governmental leaders. He didn't even announce it first to the wise men in Matthew chapter 2. He announced it first to a bunch of lowly shepherds, which gives me hope because I'm not necessarily a religious leader. And I, you know, you think, well, you're a pastor. Yeah, you are. Eh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, okay? That's all I am. Um, and I am thankful for God's call upon my life and all of that, but I'm no different than any of you. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm not a religious elitist. Absolutely not. I'm definitely not a spiritual elitist, and, and, uh, okay, and I'm definitely not a government, governmental leader, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, <laughs> that's a good thing, actually. That is, that's a praise report right there. I'm not, a, I'm not in government. And if you are, praise the Lord. I'm glad that you're... Uh, you're uh, shining the bright light there in government. But you see, he announced it first to a bunch of lowly shepherds. This shows that he came for all people, the rich, the poor, the moral man, the immoral man, the religious man, for the heathen man. He came for the Jew and for the Gentile, and I'm thankful for this truth. He came for you and he came for me. He came for all people. And it is significant to note that uh, the shepherds were not this high-class citizenship, you know, this um, elitist of society. Absolutely not. No, they were the common man. And that's who God chose to announce it first, and God allowed them to be the first ones in the presence of Jesus Christ apart from Mary and Joseph. Pretty amazing. So it showed, first of all, that Jesus came for all people. It also showed that Jesus, and I love this, was and is the Lamb of God. Shepherds went from a group of sheep to the Lamb of God. And that's who Jesus is. 
I mentioned this morning, Genesis 22, 8, when Abraham said to Isaac, his son, my son, God will provide himself a lamb. And he did. He provided himself as a lamb, as the lamb, the lamb of God. John 1, 29, as uh, Jesus is about to begin his earthly ministry, and John the Baptist, his, uh, his cousin, who was, it wasn't exactly blood cousins, but you know what I mean, partly blood cousins. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. See, Jesus was the Lamb. He was the promised Lamb of God. 1 Peter 1 and verse 18, For as much as you know, you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Jesus was the lamb of God who was our ultimate sacrifice and substitute on the cross of Calvary. Uh, Revelation chapter 5 as, they, uh, as the scene there in heaven uh, begins with, I'm not sure who's going to be able to, who's worthy to unloose these books and to open these books. Well, eventually, the lamb was noticed and said, he is worthy. And of course, that's a reference to Jesus. And then later in that chapter, in verse 12, it says, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing in every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, heard I saying, blessing and honor and glory and power. Be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Jesus is the Lamb of God. And it is fitting that shepherds went to go visit the Lamb of God. That's why he didn't choose a religious leader. That's why God didn't choose uh, the uh, um, governmental leaders. He chose shepherds because Jesus was the Lamb of God. And it also showed that Jesus was the good shepherd. From one shepherd to another. You see, Jesus called himself the, great, the good shepherd in John chapter 10. Later in his ministry, he said in verse 11 of John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. And that is what Jesus did, isn't it? He gave his life for you and for me so that we could be saved. In verse 14 of that same chapter, he says, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and, have, and am known of mine. It was said of real shepherds back in those days. If you remember that Jesus said, I am the door earlier in that same chapter. Um, what he's referring to is in, as a shepherd, um, he has kind of this area in which he corrals his flock. And there's a, there's a gate into or a doorway into this corral area. And, and then he himself lies down and blocks the way for those sheep to come out and also for wolves to come in. So he himself acts as that door, the shepherd does. And so Jesus is saying, I am the door and I am the good shepherd and I am going to make sure that I am protecting my sheep. 
and uh, no man is able to come in and, 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 and take us out because he is the door. And I'm thankful for that truth as well. Remember what David wrote in Psalm 23 in verse number one, the beloved Psalm? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And in that passage, it goes through the different journeys the journey that the shepherd takes us on. Oh, he makes us lie down in green pastures. He restoreth my soul. He, he leads me beside the still waters. But then sometimes he'll lead me through the valley of the shadow of death. But I'm not going to fear any evil. Why? Because my shepherd is with me and I'm close to the shepherd. You see, it was significant that God chose shepherds to be the very first visitors because Jesus was the great shepherd and the good shepherd. Dr. Andrew Bonar, I read this, tells how in the highlands of Scotland, a sheep would often wander off into the rocks and get into places that they couldn't get out of on their own. Well, the grass on these mountains is, is really sweet, and the, the sheep like the taste of it. They'll jump down 10 or 12 feet, and then they can't jump back again. And the shepherd hears them bleeding in, in distress. Well, they may be there for days until they have eaten all the grass. The shepherd will wait patiently until they are so faint they cannot stand. Then they will put a rope around them, and he will go over and pull that sheep out of the jaws of death. Well, why don't they go down there when the sheep first gets there? Ah, they said. See, these sheep, they're so very foolish that they would dash right over the precipice and be killed if they did. And that is the way with men. They won't go back to God till they have no friends and have lost everything. If you are a wanderer, I tell you that the good shepherd will bring you back the moment you have given up trying to save yourself and are willing to let him save you his own way. Many times God does allow trials in our lives, in our lives so that we'll say, okay, God, I'll submit to you now. You know, we don't like these trials, but, but maybe God's allowing it to, in our lives so that we'll, we'll stop trying to do it on our own, so that we'll trust the good shepherd. So that's the significance of the shepherds. And, and thirdly, I'd like to share it with you. Number three, I'd like to share with you the sharing of the shepherds. Uh, let's pick it up here in verse number uh, 16, or I'm sorry, verse number yeah, 16. They came with haste, found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And they, all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And then verse 20, I like this. Shepherds return, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. I want to point out just two quick thoughts here, and, and uh, we'll wrap it up here in a moment. But first of all, they shared their joy with God. At least I want to look at that first, even though it's not in verse order here. But verse number 20. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. They, they had so much joy in their hearts for what they had experienced, what they had seen, what they had heard, and they couldn't just 
keep it to them. They had to let God know how much they appreciated what God did for them. They couldn't help but share their joy with the Lord to God. Brother and sister, can I encourage you this week to carve out some time to share your joy with God? To go on a walk by yourself with just you and the Lord, maybe go for a drive, maybe go on a bike ride or a rollerblade ride. Um, Do something where you can be alone and just take some time to thank God for what he did for you and for all of us when he came to this earth. And of course, that started the whole procession of Jesus' perfect and sinless life. And then he died upon the cross and then he rose from the dead, the, the dead thir- three days later, and then he ascended up into heaven and promised to come back for us. Take some time this week to share your joy with the Lord. Thank him for what he did. Be like the shepherds and say, I can't help but glorify and praise God for all the things that I have heard and seen. I am so thankful for what God did in my life. I just have to let God know about it. Boy, I hope that you are joyful enough that you're willing to do that. I hope you appreciate what God did for us, so much so that you are willing to do what the shepherds did, glorifying and praising God for all the things that you have heard and seen. So they shared their joy with God. But then they also shared their joy with others. In verse number 17, of course, When they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. They were so excited, they just simply had to tell someone. It didn't matter who it was. They made known abroad the saying. I mean, this was noteworthy news. This was not your everyday average news article. This was earth-shattering news. The Savior had come. They just couldn't help but tell someone. It reminds me of when uh, my wife and I found out that we were expecting our Seth guy. Now, we didn't know it was going to be a Seth. We weren't sure if it was going to be a Seth or a Victoria, but uh, we knew it was a little baby, and we were so excited. God had... Uh, um, we got a... Uh, caused us to not be able to get pregnant for about a year and a half of trying. And then on a cruise to Alaska, of all places, uh, we find out that Julie is expecting, and she tells me uh, one morning, she um, lets me know that, I can't believe it, but we're finally pregnant. I'm finally pregnant. We're finally expecting our first child, and I was so excited. And we, we just were so excited. Well, that day, we were headed for Victoria Island, Victoria, uh, British Columbia, and Canada. That was the port that we were headed to, and that's why we thought about naming Seth Victoria if, she, if Seth was a girl. And uh, we didn't know what we were going to name, name the kid if it was a boy, but we ended up with Seth. Well, anyway, we were just so excited. I mean, this is something we had been you know, praying for and, and trusting the Lord for, for for some time now, and finally it's come to pass. Well, we landed at, we, we got to our port there at Victoria, and uh, we got off the boat, and uh, there's there's a bunch of guys that are standing there next to their limousines waiting and trying to get uh, people coming off the boat to take them on a tour around 
around the island there, around the, the city. And uh, one guy caught our attention, and he said, hey, you two, come on over. Where are you guys headed? Uh, let, let, let me take you there. And he tries to do the sales tactic to get us to uh, pay him to take us around. And uh, we, we said, ah, you know, uh, we're, we're not sure exactly what we're going to do yet. We're going to just kind of look around. I don't know that we need a ride. And, um, but then it just, it just came out. We're expecting our first child. <laughs> I don't know how it came out, but it came out. And so we announced uh, Seth's arrival. The first person to hear it was a limousine driver in Victoria. Um, we didn't even tell our parents. We didn't tell my pastor. Uh, we didn't tell my brother. He didn't tell your sister. We told a limousine driver in Victoria, Canada, that, uh, that we were expecting our first child. See, we were so excited. It just kind of blurted. We blurted out. You know, as Christians... I wonder where that excitement maybe has gone. Because, you know, maybe when you got saved, you were just like so excited of all the things that God's doing in your life, and you're so excited about the change that's taken place, and you're so excited about all the, all the implications of salvation in your life, and you're just are so excited about it all, and you just can't help but blurt it out. I want to encourage all of us to have that same excitement that we just can't keep it to ourselves. Like the shepherds, they were like, hey, I got to make this known abroad, and I got to just tell everybody I can. They shared their joy uh, to others. One of my prayer requests for this coming year is that our church family, and and when we say this again, don't just think, oh, everybody else is going to do this. No, everybody's business, nobody's business. I want this to be true for every individual in our church. One of my prayer requests is that each of us individually would develop a heart to reach others with the gospel. So much so that we're willing to give to the Lord's work financially. So much so that we're willing to pray for our missionaries. So much so that we pray for those in our lives who need Christ. So much so that we are willing to go ourselves and tell others. Not maybe delegating that to a missionary. Well, I'm just going to outsource that one. Um, no, as a believer, all of us are responsible. We cannot outsource the responsibility of giving the gospel out. It's each of our responsibilities. Uh, yes, as a pastor, it's my responsibility, but not because I'm a pastor, but because I'm a Christian. And so if you're a Christian, it's also your responsibility as well. I was reading this week that the shortest sentence in the English language is the word go. Shortest sentence in the English language is go. You know, isn't that what Jesus said to us to do? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Reminds me of a song that we sing this time of year. We've sung it a few times already as a church. Go tell it on the mountain. Over the hills and everywhere, go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born, that he has come. And then notice here in verse number 18, all they that heard it. So these shepherds go and they go and announce what they have seen. They go and share the gospel, so to speak. And, and uh, verse 18 says, and all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. You know, I, I, I think that they were trying to contemplate it. And look, you and I aren't responsible for the decisions that people make when you go and announce and, and share the gospel with people. 
But you and I are responsible to give the message out and to let them wonder, to let them start begin thinking about it. Many times, I don't know if you got saved the first time you heard the gospel. Probably it took several times for you to hear the gospel before you made a decision to place your faith in Christ. And so uh, you giving the gospel could be planting another seed and causing them to wonder more, causing them to think and to contemplate uh, their eternal state. They shared it with others. They couldn't keep it to themselves. And I want to encourage all of us to get so excited about what God did here in this story that we can't help but just blurt it out to others. Like it just comes out because it's in our heart. Well, had the angel gone to theologians, they probably would have first consulted their commentaries. Had God gone to the elite, they would have looked around to see if anyone was watching what they were doing. Had he gone to the successful, they would have probably first looked at their calendars to make sure they had time in their calendar to fit this in. Well, so as a result, he went to the shepherds, men who didn't have a reputation to protect or an axe to grind or a ladder to climb, men who didn't know enough to tell God that angels don't sing to sheep and that messiahs aren't found wrapped in rags and sleeping in a feed trough. It is interesting to consider tonight the very first visitors to the manger and uh, a lot of lessons we can learn from them. These shepherds are you and, and me, aren't they? We're just common, ordinary people. There's nothing special about us, so to speak. I mean, you're all special to the Lord, obviously, and we're all special in our own special way, aren't we? You know what I mean by that. But there's nothing that makes us elite or amazing, uh, although you're all amazing to me. But the, the shepherds are all of, all of us. We're common just like them. And yet, they got to be the very first visitors to go see this little baby. Pretty amazing. Pretty special. But a lot of lessons we can learn from it. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and uh, pray together tonight. Lord, thank you so much for this story and, and how much truth we can find in, in the fact that you chose these common, lowly, poor shepherds to be the first visitors of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Even before the wise men came with their gifts in Matthew chapter 2, these uh, poor lowly shepherds were there to see with no gifts to bring, uh, no fanfare, no celebration, uh, no party, just worshiping worshipers who came and bowed their knee to the one who would come and save us all from our sin. Lord, help us to learn the lessons that uh, we've talked about tonight. Lord, I pray that you would help us to share our joy with you. Help us, Lord, this week, in the midst of all the craziness of this week and the cleaning and the preparation and the baking and the cooking and the wrapping and all the things we got to do this week. Help us, Lord, to take time to praise and glorify our God who did so many great things by coming to this earth. Help us, Lord, also to develop a heart that would be willing to do like the shepherds did and make known uh, the saying abroad. Help us, Lord, to uh, let others know about what you did for us, to let our neighbors know, to let our coworkers, our family. Many of us will be with extended family this week. Help us, Lord, 
uh, to point others to you and to uh, emphasize the real importance of this season. And uh, Lord, I ask that uh, you'd be with our church family this week. Help us to have a great Christmas. Help us, Lord, to honor you. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.